0: This is your host Tyler Wood. Thank you for joining us today. It is College Football Week 9 and that means it's our College Football Week 9 preview and prediction show. So thank you for joining us this morning. And as as always, we're always looking to break down the top games of the week, usually roughly four to five. This week it's four. Uh, Just a lot of big time matchups this week and I'm, I'm pretty much calling it the week of the Big Ten because I mean the two the. Two top matchups to me this week boils down to the Michigan-Michigan State game, number six versus number eight, and then the Ohio State-Penn State game, which is Penn State 20, Ohio State number five. So just a lot of big matchups. And You can go down the list. The other two matchups we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about Ole Miss at Auburn and then Georgia and Florida, their neutral site game. So just some really big matchups this week that have long-term effects also have short-term effects. But just big, big matchups. And we're getting here to the latter part of the season. Ladder, I'd say we're about, after this week, we'll be about 75% done for the whole entire college football season. Teams will be playing their eighth game. So we're right here at the tail end of stuff. And it's just, it's really getting important because November the 2nd, so coming up Tuesday, is the first release of the college football playoff rankings. So we're right here where things are really, really boiling down to which teams are going to make it, which teams aren't, which teams are. You know, just just not cut out for the moment. And, and these are the type of games you have to win to really elevate yourself here this late in the season. Because if you have an early loss, say, I'd say at the absolute latest five or week five or six, you got a good shot of being able to recover and find yourself move up higher in the rankings. But this time of the season, I'd say by games eight to 12, it is really, really hard if you lose in there to really jump back up. And especially if you lose anything, I would say, past 10. I just don't see many teams at all be able to sneak in there at the end. Unless you have a conference title game, that always helps. So that's why I always say teams like Notre Dame, BYU, Independence, they do not really have a shot because that stuff does not – they don't have that last game to help them over the hump. So – that's why teams like that I say so some teams you can if you you know if you get lucky sneak in because of your conference title game but it becomes really really hard and the margin of error becomes really really small to be able to get into high up in the top 4 spots of the college football player rankings if you lose this late in the season so that's why every game at this time just becomes even more important, but also just the, some of the ramifications we have in some of these games that we'll get into, but we're going to start out with the Michigan-Michigan State game. We have number six, Michigan, who is seven and 7-0 versus number eight, Michigan State, which is also 7-0. and o. Michigan, last time I checked, was favored by four in this game, so everyone's expecting a pretty close matchup. This game is set to kick off at noon Eastern time on at Fox, so... That's where you can find this matchup at. But for this game, I mean, just really everything's on the line. You see right over here when it comes down to, to the biggest thing I'm looking at right now. I know this game has a ton of national ramifications because, obviously, you got number six versus number eight. They're trying to get a top five spot, which is this is a great opportunity to be able to do that whoever wins this. But another big thing that I think a lot of people are missing, this, this run to get to the college football playoff is really going to come down to Whoever wins this game and Ohio State, which obviously we know both of these teams still have to play Ohio State later on down the road, which is coming up very, very soon within the next two to three weeks. So whoever wins this walks out of this game. They're still undefeated. They still got everything in front of them. You still, I mean, you're playing for a shot at the, the Big Ten title game. And this is the problem right here when it comes to this side of the Big, the big Ten here in the Big Ten East. You got four teams right now between well really only 3 now at this point after Penn State's loss last week to Illinois but you got three teams right now between Ohio State Michigan Michigan State that all have zero losses when it comes to Big 10 play and that are all being able to that are all trying to compete and get into this conference title game and trying to compete for that college football playoff spot and this is where it becomes really tough also for the playoff committee because say let's just say Michigan, you know, drops a game here, but they went out the rest of the way and then, say, Michigan State loses to Ohio State, but you got two one-loss teams that um, – well, yeah, you got two – well, two one-loss teams at this point that would be able to actually get – be. I would say deserving for a top-four spot, but since you don't have that many spots, we only have four, you can't – I mean, there, some some of these people are going to be left out. Some of these teams are going to be left out. And that's why I really have a hard time with them saying that they're not ready for expansion yet, because every every team, especially if you have one loss at this point and you're in that type of division, should have a shot. But the thing is if like I said, say Michigan State wins this game, goes and plays Ohio State and loses, but both teams win out, you know for a fact Ohio State is going to the playoff if they win their conference title game as well. But these two teams may not get there just due to the fact there's other teams out there that are playing in a conference title game or that are playing, you know, that type of scenario, that are end up winning. So it just this te- these type of teams should have a shot because I have a feeling no matter who plays Ohio State out of these two teams, well, I mean, they're both going to. I expect both games to be extremely close either way because both teams' defense, Michigan State having a very explosive offense. So that's where the ramifications come from this game. It's very, very important. Whoever wins this has a shot to play Ohio State for the Big Ten east title to be able to play in the big 10 championship but like i said this also comes down to playoff positioning whoever wins this has a shot to get into the top five really set themselves up for a run here at the end but for this game it's just got like i've already already kind of mentioned both teams have really good defenses and michigan's has just been absolutely solid this year they got really good players really good athletes on that side of the ball and that's just how they've won this year is between defense and a strong run game I mean their run game has been phenomenal. They've averaged 253 yards a game on the ground, which is number 1 of the Big 10, number 5 in the FBS. So this has been defense and defense and run game, which is basically old school football and that's what they've liked to play between Blake Corm and Hassan Haskins, they've been they've been phenomenal there in the backfield, two guys that can really just go, you know, get the barack and be able to get some yards on the ground when they've needed it, so <clears throat> very very old school type football with this with this team. And on the other side we're looking at Michigan State. They also have a strong defense as well. They've been good. I wouldn't say as good as Michigan this year, but in the running department, they've been just as good with Kenneth Walker, the transfer from Wake Forest coming over and he's been phenomenal having having 997 yards rushing total through 7 games so far, which is good for second in the FBS. So, both teams playing very similar styles, but at some point you got to find you got to find where the which team is really going to be put over the top when it comes to this matchup? And for me, what really breaks there's two things that really separate this game and why I think Michigan State is going to be able to pull this out, and that comes down to the quarterback play, and it also comes down it also comes down to Michigan State's uh, having home field advantage in this matchup. And I think this stat, this and reason why I say quarterback play and the, their offense for Michigan State is – I'm looking on the other side, looking at Michigan real quick. And their quarterback, Cade McNamara, is averaging just 764, 7.64 yards per attempt. That's just good for 61 in the FBS. But Michigan has only – is thrown the second least amount of passes in the whole entire of FBS. The only team that has less passes is Coastal Carolina, which we all know has a very serious run attack. So, you – you got a team that doesn't like to throw the ball much. That's why I said it. it's really just old-school football. It's ground and pound and then you know play solid defense. It's old-school football. They do not like to throw the ball very much. And you have to go on the road and play a solid defense like Michigan State. Home field advantage plays a big deal in college football. And so I'm having a real hard time seeing Michigan being able to pull us out. I know some people are saying Michigan's defense is absolutely solid. They are solid but you're playing an explosive offense that can hit you with the run or the pass. For Michigan State, their quarterback, Peyton Thorne, he's been great all year with the long ball. And between Jaden Reed and Jalen Naylor, just been helping helping them on the receiving end. And uh, just for, for Thorne, he ranks among the top 25 in the FBS in passing efficiency. He's got 15 passing touchdowns. Well, he's – Passing touchdowns, he's 15th in yards passing as well. So he's just been phenomenal this year and the explosiveness. And I think that's been the big difference for Michigan State. And Well, there's a lot of differences for Michigan State from last year to this year. But for Michigan State teams in the past, we've seen them have solid defenses. We've seen them have good run games but we haven't really seen the explosiveness from the quarterback position, and that's been real different this year. And when you play in college football now, you have to have some explosiveness to you. And that's why I just have a hard time picking Michigan in this game going on the road because we all know defense travels well so I think their defense will be fine but offensively I just don't know if they have enough to really put them over the top against an explosive offense from Michigan State now do I think Michigan State is going to constantly get the explosive plays that they've had previously in previous games obviously not because you're playing a better defense but being at home I expect one or two plays that'll kind of just put them over the edge really just I would say you know really get the momentum rolling to help them close this game out. And I, like I said, home field advantage is just huge. So for me in this matchup, I got Michigan State taking this game 24-20. to So should be a, cl- be a close matchup, 24-20, low scoring. Like I said, two solid defenses that you expect just to battle. But with that explosiveness, I think they'll just be just a little bit better, and I trust them just a little bit, little bit more. I'm always going to go usually with which team has a more – explosive offense obviously defense plays a big factor when you have have that so it was hard to pick against them but they both have good defenses so that breaks that kind of balances out so now you got to go to the offense and you look at stuff similar run run games but now you got to go and just find that one spot that really separates them and I'm always going to go with which quarterback is going to be more explosive and has seemed to do a better job when it comes down to it but Next game up, we're looking at number 20, Penn State. They are 5-2 and two versus number 5, Ohio State, who is six and 6-1. Last time I checked, Ohio State was favored by 18 and a half. This game is supposed to be the primetime game at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time on ABC. So this game is just it's two teams that I feel like are really on just different, really different tracks right now. And the reason why I say that, Ohio State has been absolutely rolling through teams they I mean putting up 50 60 points a game right now offense just absolutely rolling with CJ Stroud and that that phenomenal receiving core with Ohio State from Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson they just been been phenomenal probably the best receiving core in the nation I would say I don't see anybody else that has better receivers than these two just between these two guys I think they're they really putting them over the top um but so they've just been rolling through teams I mean easily Showing that they have improved since that Oregon loss, they have improved since that Oregon loss. That's why right now in my rankings, if you haven't seen it, you can find it at therevolutionsports.com. dot com. I do have Ohio State as the number two team in the country, so you can go look at that if you'd like to. But I feel right right now. Sings and the thing is, I guess you could say it's a low bar set though, because Ohio State, while they have dominated teams, they haven't really they haven't played a single ranked team since then. And it's been lower, t- mid-to-lower-tier competition that they've really dominated. I know a lot of people want to just look at the point totals. Yes, that has a lot to do with it. But I think the reason I find them at number two has a combination of because of the point totals, how much they're winning by. But at the same time, though, I'm not seeing really anything else from like Oklahoma and Alabama that really just makes me say, oh, i got to put them over the top. Or even Cincinnati. I mean, Cincinnati's been all right. They have that win against Notre Dame. But nothing too impressive. So... That's where we kind of sit right now with Ohio State, but they have been really just going through teams. The offense has been fine. The questions still lie on their defense. How good is their defense? But like I said, two teams just at really different points. You look at Penn State right now, and Penn State has been struggling mightily when it comes to offense because you look at last week's loss. They played Illinois. They went to nine overtimes and they were only able to muster eighteen points total. So, and I think I think it was they scored once or twice in. Overtimes in the overtimes that they played in, and at that point, so I mean, you're looking at mid teens scoring wise in that game before they even get to overtime. So, just and you finish out at 18, you didn't even get to 20, and then you look at their past three matchups before that, they were only able to score 30. They haven't scored 30 or more since all the way back in week four in their matchup there, so just have not been able to score. And the only I would say since then, really the only real matchup since week four, that their offense has looked somewhat decent was against Iowa, which is surprising considering how good Iowa's defense is, but was against Iowa before Sean Clifford got hurt in that matchup. And so now we're sitting here looking at them and they're just not being able to put up points. But then you have to turn around and you have to go to Columbus, Ohio and play the one of the top five teams in the country whose offense is absolutely rolling And it it just does not set up whatsoever for a good matchup for Penn State. They find themselves at number 20 right now. Both losses come in the Big Ten. That's why I say they're not really in the Big Ten East running anymore. They're not in the college football playoff running at this point. So they're playing absolutely for a New Year's Six spot right now, which is still possible if they can win out. It's going to be very tough to do with the matchups that they have. But – and it's still there, but their offense is just going to have to pick it up some way, somehow, but I'm just not seeing it. I mean, they're only averaging 26 points a game for the whole year. Ohio State's averaging 40, 40s plus, so, I mean, you're looking at two different teams. Penn State's defense is good, it, and don't get me wrong, it is very good, but it's just going to be hard to see them being able to, to match up with their receiving core if, I mean, they're just not, they're having to do it constantly. If they're defense is constantly out on the field having to guard those guys because their offense is not able to get first downs it's going to be very very tough to see them to be able to slow down this Ohio State this Ohio State offense which is playing so well right now so I do think Penn State will be able to score at least 20 in this game because I'm still not convinced that Ohio State's defense is the best and I mean, give credit to Penn State; they still are a top twenty team. I know that loss was bad against Illinois. It was, it, but it took nine overtimes. But their their offense need, definitely needs some work. I think they'll get to twenty, though. I don't trust Ohio State's defense that much. So, in this matchup, I got Penn State only scoring twenty one, but I got Ohio State winning it with thirty eight. So thirty eight to twenty one is my final score at that with this matchup. This should put Ohio State at 7-1, and one, still undefeated in the Big Ten, setting up big matchups between uh, Michigan State and Michigan later on during the year. Uh, well, not really later on during the year, coming up in the next couple weeks. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see because you still got the Michigan matchup, you still got the Michigan State matchup. So if Ohio State can win both of those, go to the conference title game and win, they absolutely deserve to be in. There's no doubt about it because the Big Ten East is top two – strongest parts of a conference out there it's definitely between you can go down the list sec west or big 10 east both sides have really good teams that can play play really good football so right now i know the big 10 east is definitely ranked higher i'm not really going to get into that type of discussion of which conference is you know better which side of the conference is better between the sec west and big 10 east so that's a different conversation for a different day but Got Ohio State winning this thirty eight to twenty one, so should be a good one. That's gonna be the primetime game on ABC seven thirty. So look for that game there. Next game up on the list got number ten, Ole Miss versus number eighteen Auburn Tigers. Ole Miss is six and one and Auburn is five and two. So gonna be a big matchup here. Last time I checked, Auburn was favored by two and a half, so Looking like another close game here, and I think a lot of that has to do to me in this matchup just has to do with Auburn's having home field advantage. That's going to be huge. As anybody knows, Auburn is not a fun place to play, but then you factor in the fact that this game is going to be at 7 p.m. on ESPN, so going to be another primetime game at 7 o'clock at Auburn. That place is going to be absolutely fired up. They have a shot to beat a number 10 team in the country. This would, I would say Auburn being at number 18, I feel like this would catapult them well up into the higher. I'd say you win this matchup, I could definitely see Auburn at 14, maybe even 13 if they win this, because it's obviously Ole Miss has Matt Corral, which is, I think a lot of people could agree with me on. This is the Heisman frontrunner right now. So – you're sitting there looking at this. If Auburn could win, you go up to 13-14. You're sitting there looking good. You can possibly, can if you win out, you can – I mean, if you win out, if you're Auburn right now, you only have one loss in the SEC right now. And if you win this, you got a shot to go and take down Alabama in the last week of the season. And if you take down Alabama at two losses – you move up even further, and you're in the SEC Championship because you would have the tiebreaker over Alabama being tied at 1-1 since you won the matchup. So Auburn has a lot in front of them, and I think if you can go and if Auburn can win out, you got a shot at the playoffs still, even with two losses. I know that sounds crazy, but Auburn seems to always have this because of the type of schedule they have. They always play Georgia. They always play Alabama. They always play top-tier teams, so they have that position there that I don't think a lot of other teams have. So – if that happens, obviously I think Auburn would be in with two losses. That is a lot to happen, though, a lot to be seen. They have to be able to win this matchup. So that is long-term talk. But on the other side, you look at Ole Miss. They're number 10 right now. They're 6-1. and one. They have to win this if they still want a shot to be able to play in the SEC title game because they already lost to Alabama. Losing this would put them one game, well, basically two games behind because you lose this, you have two losses. Alabama only has one and Alabama already has the tiebreaker, so you would need Alabama to lose twice to end the season out, which I do not see happening at all. So Ole misses this is a, uh, would be a big win for them, would move them to 7-1 if they can win this game. And this would help them move further up into the top ten, which is something that they're looking to do. Because obviously if you can keep winning and possibly win out and things get crazy up top, even without the SEC title game, they might find themselves accidentally slipping into one of those top four spots. But a lot's got to happen. I know a lot of that is a lot of hypotheticals, what could happen, a lot of movement that's got to take place. So there's just uh, there's just a lot that's got to happen for that for both of those scenarios to play out. But in this one right here, whoever wins this would basically have a stronghold on the number two spot for the time being, at least in the SEC I means SEC West, excuse me. So looking in this matchup, though, I really feel like this matchup is really just going to be very dependent on whose offense comes to play. And because I really don't feel like Miss Ole Miss's defense has been basically non-existent for the latter latter part of this year, the latter games that they've played. At the first part of the season, we were all talking about how they looked improved. They really don't look that improved once they hit real competition. So that's a disappointment if you're Lane Kiffin, you expecting more out of your defense. But maybe they just need one more year of growth. I don't know, but it just has not looked strong so far this year. So. They definitely need a little bit of work, and I think that with the way Bo Nix has played over the last couple of weeks, if he can continue to stay in the pocket, make smart decisions, be able to hit the deep ball, I think they'll be able to score absolutely plenty to give them a shot in this game against Ole Miss. But on the other side, you look at Auburn's Auburn's defense. Auburn's defense has played pretty well for the most part this year. They've done a good job this year, a lot, a lot better than what I thought they were originally going to be this year after they lost so many pieces last year but uh, their defensive line has done a good job. I think they'll be able to contain Ole Miss' rushing attack. I think that's what's really catapulted Ole Miss' offense to another level this year has been the rushing attack. So I really feel Auburn will be able to slow it down, though, because their defensive line has played well. So if they can slow that down, it's just going to be that secondary against Matt Corral, and I think that's where the biggest matchup of this game comes from because I feel like this Auburn defense, if they can keep Ole Miss to third and long, and make Matt Corral have to beat you on third and long. Obviously, he can do that, but you're going to need to make it tough on him and force him to have to do that. So, if he can do that on the road, that'll be very, very impressive. It'll be a huge win for Ole Miss. So, that's the matchup to look for. If Auburn's secondary with you know, Smoke Monday and those type of guys can come up big and be able to slow down Matt Corral, get them in third and long, and be able to get the, get the ball back to their offense, Auburn's got a real shot. So I feel like Auburn does have a really big shot in this game just due to that factor. With being at home, I think this is just a perfect storm for Auburn if those factors play together. But with that said, though, I'm going to go with the Heisman front runner, Matt Corral, and the Ole Miss Rebels. Their offense has continually played well other than the Alabama game earlier in the year, and I just feel like he can make one or two plays more. I trust him more than I trust Bo Nix when it comes to the to this department. So, for this game, I got Ole Miss winning 35-31. Going to be real, real close, as you can see even by the line in this game. Auburn favored by two and a half. I strictly think that just comes down to the fact that they have home field advantage, so. Uh, definitely going to be a fun matchup, one that I'm definitely going to be tuning in for. I mean, I know they got a lot of good matchups on, but to me, even though I feel like that Ohio State-Penn State game has more ramifications and also is the, a bigger, the bigger game this week, and my, it's my number two slot this week, I still feel like the Auburn-Ole Miss game is more exciting, the one I would rather watch this week than that game. So when it comes to that that late-night primetime slot. So, I'll probably be watching the Auburn Ole Miss. I'll flip back and forth, obviously, but that's the game I'm really interested to see because this game, I mean, like I said, it has a lot of ramifications as well just for the fact that this is number two in the SEC West who has a shot to be able to hopefully jump over Alabama and be able to get, sneak into that SEC championship game. So, it's definitely, they both got big ramifications. I just feel like there's just a little more in that Ohio State-Penn State game, but definitely an exciting one. think it'll be very close... Ole Miss thirty five thirty one. That's going to be at seven o'clock on ESPN. So look for that game there. Last game up on the docket got the number one Georgia Bulldogs versus the Florida Gators. Florida is unranked, which was very surprising considering that they started out preseason in the I would say right outside of the top ten. Georgia seven and zero. Florida's four and three. Forgot to mention that. So Florida is unranked, and that comes after their loss to LSU when they went on the road to Death Valley, ended up losing that game. Strictly due to their defense, they haven't played since then. They had a bye, just like Georgia had a bye. So both teams coming off a bye week, fully rested, both with uh, fresh game plans ready to go in this matchup. Last time I checked, Georgia was favored by 14 to take this game, and this game is going to be at 330 on the SEC-CBS game of the week. So it's going to be on CBS, so you can look for it there. This matchup in the past has definitely had its surprises just due to the fact, I mean, it's a rivalry game. Anytime you have a rivalry game, just anything can happen. But with that said, though, and I have no doubt that many people will agree with me, I don't think there's going to be too many surprises in this game. And the reason why I said that, I mean, you can just look at the team's record. I know some people keep trying to make excuses for Florida and why they can make this competitive I'm just not seeing it. Their their defense has significantly struggled this year compared to where they even were last year. And so many people thought their defense could be better this year and help carry them, and their offense could slowly improve as they went. Their offense has improved somewhat, but their defense has gotten so bad. I mean, you saw them lose the game to LSU by giving up 49 in that game. So, I mean, it's just not a good look for Dan Mullen. He continually – finds ways to not, imp- I would say, fully improve his team. I know he got them to where they were in a position last year to get to the SEC Championship game, finally beat Georgia. But for Georgia last year, you consider that your down year. And Florida, that's your up year. But Florida still lost four games last year. And if that's your up year, that you're kind of just – you're in a hole right now, I guess, if you're a Florida fan, if you're looking for that program to continue to improve because – after that type of year, you expected them to come in this year. Hopefully, continue to improve on what they did last year. And this year, you got three losses. You find yourself unranked, and then you got to go against the number one team in the country. It's just not where you want to be at this year. Your defense continually, continually drops off under Todd Grantham. Dan Mullen still will not make that change. I fully expect he'll make it this offseason if he even survives himself this offseason. Because they still got some matchups. They still got to play in that are now because you already had the three losses. Your defense is a question. You sit here and wonder. If they don't end up losing maybe five or six games this year, so a lot of questions left for Florida when it comes down to that. But for this one, I just don't see too many questions for Georgia. I feel like their their offense is just is peaking at the right time. They're they're starting to come together. They're starting to get a lot of different players back as well. Seeing some defensive players coming back. They're getting their running back uh, running back core back with Kenny McIntosh being back this week. Uh, you're being able to see the receivers that are coming back. Dominic Blaylock is expected to hopefully play this week got some other ones that are coming out coming back George Pickens is now traveling with the team so that means that he is getting very close to being able to suit up and as we all know JT Daniels has been out for the last couple weeks he is fully expected to play in this matchup and the only question for Georgia this week I feel like it's just who is going to start this game at the quarterback position either JT Daniels or Stetson Bennett and Stetson Bennett has done a phenomenal job over the past couple of weeks when it's come to managing that offense and being able to hit the deep ball—that's a—that was the thing I had a problem with last year for him. Was just his managing of the offense and then also being able to hit the deep ball consistently. And he's been able to do that this year, and he's just been ten times better this year than he was last year. So he's been great. So the question is, if you're Kirby Smart, do you go with someone else who possibly, who potentially, and I think as well has more upside, or do you go with the guy who's continually led your team to wins in his absence? So. I don't know. I'm glad I don't have to make that decision because that's just a really tough one. I mean, you have a guy rolling, offenses rolling, really gelling together. But then you have a guy who is looking like a potential Heisman candidate to start the year who's coming off an injury that's kept him out the past three or four weeks who's now fully ready to go. So I don't know how you make that decision. I don't know who you put in. If it's me, just because of the upside and because we know what he did last year and what he can bring to the table, I feel like JT Daniels can really – push George's offense to another level. I know some people want to keep talking about how Stetson Bennett has the has the potential, he's more mobile, he has the potential to run and open up the run game. That's true in all but at the same time, though, it's not like Georgia's run game struggling without him. And it's not like he's running the ball, you know, ten times a game or anything like that. It's just occasionally scrambling to keep a play alive. But Georgia's offensive line has been so good, they're creating holes for the run game, and they're also being able to protect the quarterback. So it's not like that, that's a big issue for me. So I feel like with Daniels, you get more upside. The deep ball, I think, is more consistent from Daniels. It's been very close with Stetson Bennett this year. But I think Daniels has just got that it factor that Stetson Bennett doesn't necessarily have. So I think that's really the only question for Georgia this week. We know their defense is going to be ready to play and just, just matchup wise against that, that Florida offense for Florida. We don't know who their quarterback is as well, because it's going to be between Anthony Richardson or uh, Emory Jones. Dan Mullen has also been quiet about who his starter is. So we will obviously see who that is when the game rolls around later this afternoon. So with that said, though, whoever it is, it doesn't really change the aspect of this game much for Georgia's defense because both guys can run, both guys can throw the ball. I think Anthony Richardson's got a better deep ball than Emory Jones does, so we will, it'll be interesting to see – which one gets the start. For me, against this Georgia defense, if you want a shot, if you're Florida, I think you go with Anthony Richardson. feel like Emory Jones is just more of a game manager. I think Richardson could definitely be a potential star in the next coming years if he continues to improve. So if I'm Florida, I'm going full in on Anthony Richardson and trying to get him ready for next year already. I know that sucks for Emory Jones who's waited there for his opportunity, but he just shows that he's – And there's nothing against the guy or anything like that. He's just shown that he's not a star-caliber player, and you have to be able to have a really good quarterback to be able to go – deep into the year and have a shot at, you know, a playoff or SEC title, anything like that. So, even next year, I just don't see Emory Jones taking that step like you can possibly see with Anthony Richardson. So, if you're Dan Mullen, I think you go with uh, go with Anthony Richardson this game. Try to try to spread that Georgia defense out. Keep them on their toes with some deep, you know, deep play passes. I think you also see some trick plays from Dan Mullen to try to give them some quick scoring opportunities. But it's just going to be really hard to fool this Georgia defense. So, with that said – and with all those factors in play, I got Georgia winning this 42-13. to 13. I I was tempted just to go with less points than that for Florida because I just think this Georgia defense is so good. But I think they'll be able to find a couple of ways to get some yards and be able to get at least 13. But Georgia, I think their offense really gets going in this game because that Florida defense has just been been so bad. So, And also having the, the off week, I think that'll really help Georgia's just be fresh and ready to go in this game. So 42-13 to 13 Georgia in this matchup is what I got. So plenty, plenty of good matches to watch this afternoon and this evening. So definitely looking forward to each and every one of them. If you don't want to have to listen to this again and go through what I had to say or anything like that and just want to see a quick... Little preview of the game and be able to see what my prediction was. Go to therevolutionsports. Make sure you go on there. Go to our college football week nine preview and predictions article. You can see what we just talked about, not in the depth that we do. That's why we do this podcast episode on Saturday. But go on there. You can see a quick little rundown of the game. See what you got. To, you know what you can look for in that matchup, and then you can also see our prediction. And uh, so that's at dot Do that if you want breaking news on these games. Let you know the score updates at the end of the game please follow our social media pages. You can find the links to those on our website, or you can just search for them on the social media platforms themselves. So do that. We'll give you the final scores when the final scores, you know, come out when the game's over with and that way you can keep up with all sports news and also political news when it comes out. But with that said, we will have a new podcast episode for you on both sports and politics coming Monday. Two different episodes as we've gone to the new format, so you can be looking for that when that comes out. But with that said, thank you for joining us today. Enjoy week nine of college football, and we'll see you in the next one.